Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. In Dum Rune, our heroes are preparing for their next adventure in the fortress. Butthole spoke with Ginny about Faith and tried to convince her to become a cleric, while Quinny visited his parents and discovered Declan and Honor System were being trained as farmers. Can these two futuristic terrorists learn the gentle art of growing plants? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. Quinny, the two latest uh, members of um, the Fortress of Forlorn Hope, uh, the most recent uh, refugees to arrive, uh, are perhaps the strangest to date. Um, you, of course, have encountered robots before um, on the, the island <laughs> next to the stack. Um, and uh, you, you briefly met uh, Declan in a variety of uh, tiny window to yeah. another multiverse-related shenanigans. <laughs> a little as coin-sized well portal, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> shooting of Emily and uh, <laughs> Butthole's weird double resurrection of, uh, of Declan. Um, but uh, now you find them uh, approaching you in, in slightly different state. Uh, they, they've been here um, for, for a little while now. They're starting to get settled, although obviously there's a, a pretty large adjustment uh, period. Um, Ryan and Tyler, what uh, what do Honor System and Declan look like in Dumb Faerun? He says as he hears the sharpening of digital pencils preparing to draw new outfits. <laughs> uh, I think Honor System looks... Well, the clothes that he wears are relatively the same. But as for his appearance, you know, he was in pretty rough shape by the end of that little escapade there their adventures so i think um i don't think they have the technology you know like they're a war forged and whatever and stuff like that um but not here not now um so i think it's uh i think he's really 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 pared down i think he sort of if you wanted to attribute like human um attributes to him he would look really emaciated um just the his his barest kind of functional requirements <clears throat> so he looks much much leaner almost frail in how he's pieced together um and i think he shows that in his his movement a little bit i think he's a little slower uh and just a little more fragile looking oh our sweet boy yeah, you know Tyler, one thing I do want to just uh, flag for you, not necessarily as something that Honor System would have explored yet, um, but um, there is some like Bioshock-style heavy, honestly probably kind of useless for Honor System unless you really retrofitted, um, but like heavy metal um, upstairs in the lab uh, that was used to make Mechie Mouse as well as some hmm. of the, the troll, like to, to build a troll suit. Um, so there is some stuff around, uh, I just don't know how, you know, Knight of Catalina he wants to get <laughs> as he rebuilds himself from like 
a a slim ninja to possibly a, a bulky cauldron of a robot but in the interim uh emaciated sweet robot boy um uh, is uh is present um and uh in terms of clothes, um, have you replicated your your robes, or are you just kind of au naturel these days? Uh, I think in an effort to you know the being the one of the freshest faces here at the uh, at Forlorn Hope, he's not he's acutely aware of any kind of resources he might be taking up. So I think it's very very basic. I think it's just like a just a robe that he's got uh, uh, tied off kind of thing. And some beat up looking like work pants. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, what does uh, what does Declan look like? Yeah, so Declan is trying to accept the world that he is now living in, and the fact that he is not an endless mercenary, which means he only spends three or four hours a day planning <laughs> how to upgrade honor system with the new metal, and he's only spending a couple hours a day trying to figure out gunpowder so he could build more ammo for his rifle, and he's only spending a few more hours a day upgrading his armor from the future to be more useful against medieval weapons. But when he is not doing that, he is trying to just blend in and be one of these weird old-timey people. So he is exactly the same physically, but he is wearing large denim overalls that almost hang off of his frame because they're two sizes too big. One would assume they may have been made for a butthole and instead Declan is wearing them. He has no shirt (laughs) underneath. He's wearing a large-brimmed straw hat that just covers him in in a big circle the whole way around. And he has one of those long hay things with the seeds on the end poking out of his mouth. And he's just leaning on like, a shovel, but it's it's fascinating because he's rigged up the the farm implements that he has, his shovel, his trowel, his other things, on a bandolier that wraps around his chest, and his shovel is slung where his rifle used to be, so he can still instinctually put things away and take them out. So it's <laughs> it's one of those where they wouldn't know why they would just think this is a weird guy, but if you look at it knowing him from the past, it's like trowel on the right hip, like that weird <laughs> little garden rake on the left. Like it's everywhere he would have a gun is now just a different farm tool on his overalls that he's ready to work with and just like big ugly work boots. There's something like really beautiful God. about the whole like guns into uh trowels uh thing and uh yeah, I also like that you're basically just a Fortnite character now where like you just have a <laughs> shovel where a rifle would be because why animate twice when you can only animate yeah. once? Um, uh, that's that's excellent. Uh, I was also hoping one of the two of you would have a giant straw hat. I don't know why it was so clear in my head that for some reason one of the two of you would. So good. Uh, I like that a lot. We're uh, farmers now. Every farmer wears a large straw hat. Yeah, that's what, that's what the internet told me. Um, so... Uh, with all that in mind, um, Quinny, what is what is your impression of of Declan and, and Honor System as they they approach? Um, it's definitely weird that they're here. You know, out of everyone who doesn't belong in this dimension, these two very clearly don't belong in this dimension. Like this is not where they're from. Um. And uh, especially honor system, I think, um, as a, you know, like an automaton or a, a, um, like a metal golem that to have that level of sentience is weird as well. Sometimes he forgets 
this is Quinny's internal thing because people, I feel like people would hate him to, to hear him say this out loud. But he'd be like, every now and again, he reminds himself like, oh yeah, you're not actually a person. <laughs> Just whenever he's interacting with Honor System. And with Declan, I mean, he kind of likes Declan um, a little bit. I think he reminds Declan of kind of his older days being a little mm. bit more of a rowdy rogue as opposed to the more kind of humbled uh person he's become now and so he kind of likes that about him but it also i think gets annoying uh in in fair like i think every interaction starts amicable but does eventually get heated or kind of terse because they piss each other off uh and then and then they're they break and things are fine again Great. So given that your your sort of salvage, uh, your little salvage run there was to bring in things specifically to make more gardening tools, um, and they're kind of coming to greet you with that purpose, what, uh, how, how would you, how would you greet them or would you? Uh, he would definitely clock Declan having all of the gardening tools and be like, hey, uh, you're sharing those, right? Yeah, no, I'm just carrying them around to keep things efficient on the scale of things. i got a question for you, because I'm realizing we're kind of the reverse of each other, and I'd like to know if you got any tips, because I'm talking to your parents over here. Turns out you were a born little farm boy who became, you know, a psychopathic little murderer. And I'm a psychopathic big murderer who's trying to turn myself into a little farm boy. So, like, what's the easiest step for me to flip this around? <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about what kind of put me on that path one thing i didn't do was listen to my parents so listen to my listen to my parents and you'll you'll be fine all right so these can be my parents too that seems nice we can share oh that makes you my brother my little brother (laughs) (laughs) and like penny and um penny and ford uh are chuckling at that too they think it's great they are also kind of enamored of the 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 future folk, as uh, uh, Penny keeps referring to them, um, you know, being ones who like really like hospitality, having two people who are like really busted up and completely out of their element is like a real good get for the uh, the, the Penny Ford contingent. Um, and uh, Ford says, well, you know, uh, one thing we always like to, to say around uh, the Brown Barrow House is that there, there's always room for, for more friends and family, you know, as... As long as there's enough tea, uh, and, uh, and he like leans in conspiratorial, and he's like, "And you trust? Believe you me, there there can always be tea." Okay, well, this one doesn't need tea. Okay, just like points to Declan. And and I, don't, I thought I don't you were going to say the, the, the Tin Man there because he physically can't have any. But uh, oh yeah, no, no I, I guess think he this fella tea. gets That's some right. tea, uh, Queenie. It's 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 only polite. Sure, right? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Actually, yeah, I guess that one. Doesn't need tea, right? And then suddenly, like, Ford's face falls and he says, well, actually, you know, I'm making an assumption there. Uh, hey there, uh, Mr. Metalfella. Uh, <laughs> do you do tea? No, I do not do tea. Would you like Wait. to? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I'll- see, there it is. So that's great. That means there's definitely enough tea to go around. We're having to stretch it a bit thin. That's the great thing about tea. You know, even if it's thrice brewed four times brewed you still get a hint you know you get just enough to 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 remember the good old days and, of of property and and just with dad droning on about tea now Quinny's looking at Declan like yeah okay pay attention to all this this is all important 
Yeah, this is good. That's why I'm going to drink so much tea. And it's it's majestic because these are my parents now. I don't know how anyone does this. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy the tea. Um, and uh, Honor System, how, how are you feeling about this 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 new rural life? Um, this is nice. This is... Uh, <clears throat> there. There is uh, an aspect of my sort of samurai programming that I always neglected, which was the sort of artful, uh, contemplative side um, that we just never had the time or the occasion for. And now it's it's like, it, it's weird using this phrase because this doesn't usually apply to me, but it's like flexing a, a, an old muscle that, you know, you didn't get a lot of use out of. Um, and so it is very nice to be tending to agriculture and, and um, nurturing life instead of cutting it down. Cool. Um, so uh, having uh, sort of helped out as, as you need to uh, and, and Quinny and uh, Declan kind of having uh, come to a, an odd family pact, um, uh, Quinny, you got to get back inside and start getting ready for this, this, this feast that's coming up. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Declan and Honor System, I think uh, your plan is kind of to probably to just kind of hang back during this, uh, if if attend at all. Uh, I think the accord that you've come to with Butthole and sort of the the ruling council of uh, Forlorn Hope is that as you integrate into Dumb Faerun, it's going to take some time. So like your your presence is uh, uh, always appreciated, but never expected at this this point. Uh, you guys are definitely pulling your weight and and helping out. Um, I think there's some suggestion that Seamus should probably go for, you know, further um, socialization and and getting to, you know, hang out with, with Jiddy and the crew. But um, it's up to you whether or not you'd, you'd both be going. Do you think you would go or would you, you take a, a pass on this? Or would you like stay at, at, at distance like Scrooge at that Christmas party that he can't really fully participate in with his nephew Fred? I think if there's a big event going on where scumbags could show up, I don't think Declan could not attend if Seamus was attending. He doesn't really give a shit about the party. He's not there to make friends. It's just skulking at the corners with like a gun, just <laughs> watching the crowd. Cause he's like, he's not here to sit. It's like there are two people he gives a shit about in that there are three. There's honor system. I guess his parents, now that he's absorbed parents. But it's like Butthole and Seamus both get out of this room alive. And if it's only one of them, theoretically it's Butthole because he can bring back Seamus. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so just taking the reality TV show contestant uh, angle of I didn't come here to make friends and. Uh... Yeah, he'll make friends when he's farming. He doesn't make friends when there's a party where everyone could die. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, how about you, Honor System? If Declan and Seamus are going, then Honor System's going to go. But that's probably what he thinks about it. Like, yeah. it's not it's not thinking about fun. He's thinking about the two people I care about are going. I'm going to go with them. Cool. Um, so with that, you, uh, Quinny, you kind of uh, bid farewell to the future folk and uh, make your way back uh, towards the fortress. Um, so things are, are starting to ramp up a bit. Um, 
there's a there's an excitement in the air as as the day uh, day kind of goes on. As we established, uh, Ginny's conversations weren't necessarily all in a single day. These are kind of like conversations she's been having with you over time. Um, we established kind of who was sent where um, and kind of what you you've mostly been up to. Uh, Quinny, outside of of Ginny, is there anything in particular you think you would have been doing uh, during this this downtime? I'm just trying to prep for this mission, and I don't know how much prep I really can do. Um, you know, I, seeing to Ginny's education probably took up a significant amount of time, scheduling that, planning that, making sure everyone that I wanted her to meet was available and stuff like that. Um, I don't really have a ton of intimate details about the adamantine uh, tunnel or, or mine, do I? No, I mean, well, th- this does beg an interesting question, which um, I guess is actually more of a Ryan question. Um, how much would Reginald have brought Quinny in on this? Because despite, you know, the 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 continued um, like one of you plays by the rules and one of you is a cop who doesn't know the meaning of the word rules. Are uh, you just spend some time uh, in each other's bodies and uh, have gotten to know each other pretty well? And I think. Reginald, for you particularly, in this phase of the operation, um, having a sneaky, sneaky, stabby boy on hand is probably pretty helpful. But I'm curious, because I mean, with the paranoia, that could offset. So how much would Reginald have brought Quinny in? Uh, I think he'd bring him pretty fucking in. He's been around this group long enough that they're clearly not going to just, like, throw him away, which is usually where it's like, oh, if he had to be really paranoid, if it was right at the beginning, he wouldn't give them any information because he needs to make sure that nobody's going to, like, leave him behind or fuck him over. But as far as he can tell, they all seem to like him. They've put him in charge. And everybody just seems a little bit stupid enough that they're going to hold by this stupid deal that they made. So I think he would definitely lay out like the mine, whatever mapping he could. Quinny's also like super murdery and like better for him to know because if he can get out of a situation, Reginald can't. It's not like, and now Quinny, math out this whole city you need to to save me. He's like, no, 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 this guy's useful. He can sneak. Fuck it. Here's here's all the details that he knows. Uh, He'd give him everything except how to get into the vault. Great. So... Would you also be laying this out for Juniper and Butthole? Like, is this yeah, a, yeah, okay. he's got nothing to hide. So from let's that assume game. then that because uh, obviously you guys are going on this mission, you are not suddenly discovering this mission yeah. uh, as characters. You are as players. Um, so let's uh, let's say there was a briefing then um, in sort of uh, the, the 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 like Dragon Age Inquisition style like hmm. council room where like you know Anon and everyone else of note who knows about the the suicide mission um is, is present um maps and diagrams are are drawn and placed basically Reginald um what you would know about this mine uh is that in your grim dark Faerun um it was uh pretty much mined into uh into oblivion um highly highly dangerous uh, adamantine um, ore is mined from uh, meteorites, so from from things that have landed. Ooh. So the mine itself isn't necessarily a natural vein, so much as a long ass time ago, uh, a meteorite crashed into Faerun, splintering a bit on entry, and over you know centuries, however long, um, Earth kind of swallowed it up. So the mine is it's, basically it's Sudbury. Yeah, it's Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. Um, it's uh, you, you've you've solved my puzzle, Laura. It's uh, you know I love references. Uh, 
I was gonna have Solid Snake show up, but no, it's just Sudbury, Ontario. Yeah. That's that's the that's the place <laughs> that's we're what going. Happened. Hello, I am Bernard Sherbert, the survivalist Rupert from Dum Dums and Dragons, and I am here to help you survive the boredom of day-to-day life by helping to engage in the wonderful storytelling, whimsy, comedy, and occasional tragedy of the Dum Dums and Dragons adventures. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that is D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, and you can join for as little as $1 a month, which will gain access to our Patreon-only Discord, where you can hang out with other people who have also listened to the things you have listened to and seen the things you have seen and thus can describe them with you. Or, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds where you can avoid ads like this one. Or, alternatively, at even higher levels, you can add an NPC name, like Bourbon Gerbert was, or you can add your own NPC that you build at the highest level and get your name in the credits. Name in the credits. Name in the credits. Sorry, I had to say that three times because it is very, very, very cool. This has been Bourbon Sherbert, encouraging you to go join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you in the future. Bleep bloop. What you know then, um, Reginald, is... uh, the material itself is is um, difficult to uh, to mine. Um, this particular kind of excavation site uh, was plagued by um, uh, early on was was plagued by some uh, sort of natural predators and some some like essentially redacted monster types uh, that attack things. That said, because you're from Grimdark Faerun, uh, when that hammer drops, it drops real hard, real fast. So in classic Zap Brannigan fashion, uh, just a bunch of uh, troops were were sent deep into the mines. And even though only a few of them came out, problem was solved through much blood. <laughs> um, and uh, the mining operation was, uh, was allowed to continue. Um, so you're able to draw out kind of a rough, like roughly what you remember. It's not a highly detailed map by any stretch, but it's honestly kind of what you would probably draw in a D&D session from memory, which is just like the entry point is roughly here. I remember there were exits here and here. Um, I think for your own personal learning, you would have been aware of this mine because it was a potential weak spot to enter um, a Ka, which of course would have been uh, concerning uh, for you. Um, but you know, uh, general glass staff had it on lockdown. So like, it wasn't as, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it's not like it was that fucking like weird path from Thermopylae where it's like only one person knew there was this incredibly detailed flaw that could destroy an army. It's like a lot of people knew about this. The general knew about it. It was, it was a widely known fact. Um, but as a scared, paranoid coward man, I think those are the ones that stand Mm-hmm, like definitely. you're the one guy at the Death Star who's like, but we're gonna plug that fucking port, right? Um, so yeah, from memory, you can remember um in your time there were a few entrances in, um three sort of distinct entrances, um, only one of which syncs up with what Mog is able to tell you from the uh sorry, not Mog, uh Doc Huckleberry is able to tell you from uh the party that he sheltered with for a bit who visited the mines in this dimension. Mm. So you've been able to find out kind of like what the entry point, best entry point is, um, from uh from your perspective. Um where the the central core uh meteorite is. So the excavation site is built around a large central chamber 
the excavation of the sort of body of the the rock. Um, but there were a bunch of other side shafts and smaller digs um, built out of it uh, to attend to all the other uh, fragments and shards uh, that, that dropped. Um, you're less concerned about those, and you actually don't really have much of a map for them. A lot of them are dead ends. Um, they're those chambers in a video game where you would find like a single item and then just turn around and come back. Um, but uh, that central excavation site is a big, big, big open space. And based on the reports you got from uh, the survivors uh, Doc Huckleberry talked to, there are monsters. Whatever monsters your people were able to stomp out were never stomped out here. Mm-hmm. So if there was a place that was going to be bad, it's that central chamber is an, a, a necessary evil you'll need to cross. Um, beyond that, uh, there are um, there is a sort of, I mean, more tunnels, obviously, um, but there is a large processing space um, for kind of the lifting up into um, easy shipping and carting distance of a mm-hmm. car. Um and that's kind of how you'll be able to make your way up. Um, mm. If your memory serves, there was kind of a, a processing facility on the edge of, of sort of the central city. But due to the abundance of uh, adamantine-based armor and weapons in your time, um, the need for a very easy delivery system was there. By the, the time you were born, this mine was pretty well tapped out. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, the old facility still lives there kind of like an old shipping depot or something in, in a large city that's attached to train tracks. A train doesn't ride on anymore. Um, so those are the main details you've got. Is there anything else, Ryan, that you think Reginald would be particularly uh, aware of or would want to convey beyond what I've just told the group? I think that's it. This plan's going to be pretty flexible. So it's like, we go through the mine, whatever bad shit there we have to get, whatever bad shit's there we have to get through, and then we ride the thing up, and then from there we get to the palace somehow, and we're going to have to kind of wing that, because honestly, a car kept changing when I was there. I have no fucking clue what it's like for you people. And then get into the palace, kill the bad guys, open the vault, I get my black goo thing, and you guys <laughs> can all pick whatever you get that's left. Sure. Black goo thing? We don't need to go too deep in this, but as we know, I get the first pick of something in the oh, yeah. vault, and then you guys get a pick, and you... then we just keep going back and forth. That's the deal we made. I just this is the first time hearing anything about it. It's a it's a black goo that you want. That's your treasure. Yeah. So my dad, who was like impossible to kill, let me tell you, he had this weird black goo creature that would like cover his whole body, and it made him like super strong and and like super scary. I don't know. Did did you guys ever see that with with him? Uh, I don't think we saw that, right? When we met him? Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we saw that. Uh, Wait, we did? Oh, yeah, yeah. the black thing. Yeah, 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 that's... We we killed that. That's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's, wait, it's wait. Ne- what? It's not as great as you're making it sound, to be honest. It's, it's dead? It is, yes. Yeah, we, we killed it because it was evil and he was evil. So we yeah. we killed one and then the other and... He was using it to become some kind of giant demon monster. Um, yeah, but I wanted yeah. to become the giant demon. Okay, then what What do they have that'll prevent me from dying? What makes me really strong in a car? I, I don't, I don't we're know. We're there. Buddy, yeah. But you're also here. We don't. I, I think we don't need to go. I think we could stay. I think it'll be totally fine. There's nothing for me in probably, that book. I, I, honestly, I think being the rightful king's brother 
puts you in a pretty strong position in a car. I mean, maybe, but like, what? Is there something like really cool in, <laughs> in the vault that will help make me stronger and more safe? Honestly, uh, I think we all thought you knew what was in the vault just because of the way you were talking yeah. about it. I didn't realize it was some shit that we'd already dealt with. Which is. You gotta know, you were in the Thieves Guild. I just. It's, just tell me there's something really good in that vault, Quinny. Just tell it to me. Oh, buddy, you wouldn't believe it. There's something so good in there. Okay, now tell me what it is. It's a different black goo. Oh, how's it different? A backup goo? A backup glue. Goo. See, you just uh, called it a glue. I think this is fucking bullshit. There's no well, way yeah, you man, guys you're telling you're asking useful. me to bullshit on the spot. Of course it's bullshit. I don't oh. know. Oh god. Oh god, I'm going to die on a suicide mission for nothing. Oh no. I mean, Reginald, if it makes you feel better, if you don't come with us and help us, we're probably going to die here. <sighs> okay, this probably sounds kind of weird. But that is way more what I'm used to. <laughs> it's like, I mean, butthole, can, can you repeat that a bit in like a meaner way? I mean, okay, but uh, if you don't go with us, I'm going to kill you. Meaner. Can you do okay. meaner? Can you go meaner, butthole? Oh, I mean, I could try. Let's... If you don't go with us, I'm going to kill you. And he uses a cantrip to make all the fires explode <laughs> and his voice gets three times as loud. And Reginald's like, oh. Oh, that feels so much better. Okay, I can do this. Juniper, Juniper pulls out Dr. Martha's uh, notepad to just make some very quick notes about things to discuss with Reginald if we yeah. ever make it back. And then uh, just leans over uh, to your butthole and says, um, look, far be it for me to tell you your business on this particular front, but I've got a feeling that your erstwhile brother might respond well to the Forsaken, if that's a... That's a, oh, a voice you want to dust off. I just do, feel like everyone. Do you think in we should call him? Well, I mean, we could. <laughs> we we could try and yeah, we could we could call him if if you want the von Strauss to do it. But like, you could also just do the voice. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I keep this helmet. <laughs> he goes to the corner, opens a cabinet, and inside it's like the Batman outfit of just the Forsaken armor <laughs> hanging with with magical purple and red lights. So it's in the most menacing look ever. And he just takes yes. off the helmet from the Batman suit and he puts it on and he turns around and he just says, "Death comes for us all, but tomorrow it comes for you, motherfucker." <laughs> Reginald's like, "Ah, this guy's so scary." <laughs> I am the Forsaken, and you will be my champion. There are great things in the vault. One of them so great, I will not name it. Do you understand? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go to this vault for this great thing. Who's this scary guy? We should make this person king. Uh, and then Butthole takes off the helmet, and he's like, this is so disappointing. <laughs> back on the suit and closes it up. And it's like, look, you know, sometimes you just got to speak to someone in their own language. You know, it's... It- it is what it is. Also, like, thank you for hanging the helmet back up. It's important that it remains pristine for future tours. Um, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the least I could do. Also, now we know, worst case scenario, I die. See if you can get in touch with Von Strauss. Apparently, people respond to this as a style of leadership. Yeah, get I don't back, get it. I threatened him for real, and he <laughs> laughed it off. <laughs> but whatever. Whatever. Wait, when did you threaten him? Oh, like ages ago. You were dead or somewhere. Uh, I'm just I'm just upset about it. It's fine. I'm just a little, I'm a little, you know, 
Well, I mean, why didn't you wear a mask? If you had a mask like that and did a super cool voice, you would have been terrifying. Instead, you're just a very tiny man who's mad. I had real demon powers. Yeah, but I mean, we've all got weird powers. And looks around the room. Yeah. Yeah, we do. (laughs) You just see, like, the moss, like, amalgamation of, like, all of her different forms. Yeah. 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 All right. We've learned that Bucky could have gone down a path where he becomes like a monster as demon monster. You've got like a samurai robot from the future. Yeah. Reginald uh, who could turn into smarter, handsomer, and more murderous animalistic versions of himself. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enough examples. I get it. When <laughs> 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 he says to himself looking and thinking these things. <laughs> Annan's got the scariest power of all organizational thinking that's right um cool so uh having uh by hook and crook convinced uh reginald that he should come along um uh, a rough plan sort of forms that again um in terms of the the key part of this plan ultimately is what happens once you get into the city um which i think like we're not describing right in this moment because we'll do it closer to um but Reginald has a good sense of like how the city is laid out in his time. To his point, it is it does change a lot, but also weirdly, and butthole like you would know this, but I don't know if you would convey this or if you'd even think of this. But like Reginald's a cause kind of like King's Landing if there were no White Walkers in Game of Thrones, where it's just like constantly people are are like sieging it, taking it like there's internal power mm. struggles. There's all sorts of like little lords and fiefdoms. It's a little bit like the um, like the dark elves in uh, Warhammer, where it's just like there's constant backstabbing, or honestly, Menzo Brands. And in this world that we're in, uh, rather than a different franchise, um, <laughs> there's just constant maneuvering, and as a result, it is always changing. Whereas under the iron uh, fist of of uh, Emily and uh, the Reginald of this time. It, it, it's like Rome under a singular emperor. Like it hasn't changed that much. So anyway, all that to say, once you're in the stockhouse, um, a lot of things open up for you in terms of like how you can approach the city. And that's kind of where Reginald's plan picks up. In the meantime, um, this mine does get you past the wall, it gets you past the defenses. And more importantly, in his time, this was an abandoned place and butthole. You've never even heard of this thing. Um, or sorry, in his time, it was like tapped out and kind of guarded. In your time, it was abandoned. Mm-hmm. So the it should be um, a blind spot uh, that you can uh, exploit uh, in this time. Um, okay, so with all that in mind then, um, Quinny, uh, bring us back to the present. You'd mentioned that you would be trying to prep for this with the details you've got. Knowing now kind of the rough shape of things... Uh, is there anything else you would be preparing um, or thinking about prior to the uh, the mission? Um, Butthole and Reginald and uh, Juniper are coming on this mission. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's wearing plate mail but me. And so <laughs> there's a stealth component here that needs to be addressed. I mean, I've got a ring of invisibility that I can give to one person, but then... And then I'm, you know, I've, I can take care of myself well enough. But then I gotta start thinking about how we're gonna get these other folks through as quickly and quietly as possible. It sounds like there are horrors beyond imagination in this mine, and we will likely have to address that. 
but it would be nice to do that on our terms instead of being surprised in the dark. Um, so I would be looking to just run down like an inventory list of things to help us like see in the dark uh, and to help us stay hidden and quiet. Whether that means like requesting a, a fucking paint job on the armor or or magical concealment of some kind. I know we for a while had um, owl goggles as like night vision goggles that I think got busted into two separate like monocle style ones. I can't remember who those were divided up to, but I'd be looking through basically like what do we got here at Forlorn Hope to help these less than stealthy folk kind of get on my level a little bit. I think I think my half of the monocle of the owl was lost, right? Okay. With me. We're down to one then. So I think the easiest solution to this in Forlorn Hope right now is uh, of the potion variety. Sounds um, good. So mm-hmm. I think we could safely say that like, um, and I won't make us roll for this because I think these these would be easy enough to, to slap together. Um, you're able to put together some potions of um, uh, dark vision. Excellent. Um, to give you some some night sight. Um, and I think, uh, let me just roll a, let's see how many of these you can have from our stock of stuff. Um, okay. Um, you're also able to um, put together um, four potions of um, soft step, um, which uh, basically they aren't, they don't make you completely silent. Um, but they basically will take a, a loud clinking person uh, and make them instead sound like uh, someone wearing just a, a plethora of coats. Um, so <laughs> you still make noise. Um, you're not like, you know, the wind, um, but it's less footfalls and the sound of armor are are muffled. Um, Got it. Uh, basically just removing the, it doesn't give any advantage on stealth, but it gives, uh, it removes the disadvantage that uh, your compatriots would otherwise have. Excellent. Thank um, you very much. I will much. say though that um, uh, these are like, sort of one shot limited use type things. So it'll be up to you whether you want to blow them in the mine or keep them for a car. Makes sense. Thank you. Cool. Um, so uh, with all of our kind of major preparations, Juniper, was there anything else you would have wanted to be doing? I know you've mostly been on, um, on growing things and occasional Martha-ing duties. Yeah. Yeah. And just... Uh, uh, yeah, honest. Like a lot of her time is is being spent. Like she feels ready for like combat. She feels ready for like the mission. I mm-hmm. think. Um. Um, and just continuing to use like a lot of her spare time to, uh, consider uh how they're going to start enacting new laws in a new land. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, that's that's where her brain's at. Totally. And butthole, is there anything? Not that else she you has want? any answers. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a good question to have at the very least. <laughs> yeah, uh, butthole. This could very well happen at the feast. He just knows he needs to have like a side conversation with Quinny before they go out on this mission at some point. But okay. it's not super no, pressing until they're going to leave. You can have that now. I mean, like, great. This is where we're in the build up to like 
having to make your treats and pick your songs and then go to a party. So if you want to have an, uh, an additional conversation with any amount of privacy, now is probably the uh, great. Time. He goes over and he knocks on Quinny's door. It's like knock, knock, knock. Come in. Hey, hey, how are you doing, buddy? Doing all right. Just getting the final touches ready. Uh, I managed to score some potions here that'll help uh, keep you less stealthy folk a little, a little bit on the quieter side. So I'm hoping that'll be useful. Oh, nice. Are they going to shrink us down and make us small like you? No, no, nothing like that. Literally just make you quieter. That's I, I, I said what they'll do. They'll make you quieter. Yeah, I just thought it would have been a cool way to make us quieter. Okay, just a second. And he's closing the door behind him and he locks it. And he's like, we kind of need to have this like weird conversation. Oh, um, what, you think a conversation is going to be weird? Yeah, because you made it weird with your previous thing, and I'm trying to figure out what's weirder now. So what's... you said that yeah. if you died, you didn't want me to bring you back anymore. That was your official rule, <sighs> was no more bringing me back because I'm Quinny and I just want to be dead forever. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I could respect that as a thing you yeah. wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was before the world was full of zombies and you have a daughter in it. And I don't know yes. if you're still like, if I die, fuck it, game over. Or if I die, bring me back so I can look after my daughter. If I die. Okay. Please do everything you can to make sure that Ginny is safe and okay. And if Ginny asks for it, you can talk to her about bringing me back or whatever. But that's a conversation you have with her because you'll have made sure that she is alive and well. Okay. So if she's dead, you stay dead. If she's dead, I got a whole other fucking problem. I, oh God, I, I don't even like thinking about it. I know. That's why I'm getting everybody helmets for this mission. But like, I'm also getting her a helmet and we'll make her wear it all the time and she'll be okay. But if she dies, I, then there's nobody for me to talk to, so you don't want to come back. Not yeah, to avenge her, not to try to bring her back to well, life, none of that. You're like, I nope, she's saying, gone. Why wouldn't you bring Jenny back? Wait. Juniper, sure, not please. Sorry, come hi. on in. I fucking love this. This is <laughs> Wait, great. Everybody come in you? and talk about how I'm going to fucking die. No, I locked the door. How did you get through that door? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you lock the door? Yeah, which sneaky person are you right now? Uh, <laughs> Juniper knocks on the door then. <laughs> oh, Juniper's just listening through the yeah. door. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Quinny. I tried to keep this between us. No, and no, it's great. You weren't, you weren't praying, Why do I so even fine. have a door? Super. You know me, Quinny Brown Barrow, open door policy. Love Come it. On. Love it when people get involved in my life. Oh, good. Okay. Come on in, Juniper. He loves it when people get involved in his life. But hold the other hallway. Does anybody else want to come in and get involved in Quinny's life? <laughs> Butthole! Shut up and get in here! <laughs> you guys are so lucky that Yevgenovich had just turned a corner and couldn't quite <laughs> hear that because this was going to be a very different sequence. Okay, so that's... Otherwise, I have to talk to Ginny before I save you? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It should be up to her. So it's up to her. But if she's dead, then you stay dead forever because you don't want to save her or Stop you don't want to avenge her. You got it. Whatever. You got it, okay? You've got it memorized and figured out. You don't have to keep saying it. I just want to make sure that these are the... Ter- I need enthusiastic verbal consent for this to be the way things are set up. It's given. Okay, that's good. Uh, Juniper, Juniper, you had a take on this, Any, though. Yeah. <laughs> anything you'd like to add? Uh, I'm just one 
Uh, how, I mean, Sorry, Juniper, is, I can't hear you. Sorry. So uh, how is how is how is Ginny dying? I mean, if oh my god, I'm so sorry I asked. I mean, Please. theoretically, I mean, we would bring so, her get back. Out. Right? So, get out, everyone. Get out. I mean, everyone if something bad happened and then her head got crushed, then Jesus, she'd be I'm dead leaving. Dead. I'm goodbye. Enjoy my I, room. Goodbye. I feel like I might leaves. have a new spell I could do that might be able this to is... bring her back, though. But then if I bring her back, then I would have to ask her if she wanted Quinny yes. back. So then I could theoretically bring Quinny back too. So good. I just wanted to be sure we had this sequence of events planned out, so there was no confusion in a time of crisis. Yeah, yeah. The moment Ginny's head goes splat, we just got to make sure Quinny doesn't die because it'll speed right. the whole thing up. Sorry, sorry, Quinny. I mean, I'm not sorry. It's this gone. is doing pretty good. <laughs> and, and and butthole will leave and then immediately go to Ginny's room. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> um and. Uh... You you just hear like uh, the the thump of daggers against a a, a target, and uh, she says, "Oh, uh, hang on, sorry, one one, one sec, one sec." Um, and then you just hear the the telltale uh, teenage sound of like clothes being pushed behind or into something, uh, just slightly out of the way, so she can open the door. Um, <laughs> and uh, she uh, she opens it, uh, and she's like, "Oh, uh, Uncle Butthole, good to see you." Yeah, so I have like a weirdly specific question for you, but I figured we can make this pretty quick. If your dad dies, do you want me to bring him back to life? Yeah, obviously. What kind of question is that? Cool. And if that happens, like, I don't know. Well, wait, actually, now, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How does he feel about this? What he said was, if he died, that I had to talk to you to see if you wanted him brought back to life. So here's the right. deal. We're going on a mission where it's like highly possible that he's going to die, but you're Wait, not going to be there to have like a chat with me. So I was thinking we could probably just like call this in advance. If you change your mind and you apparently hate him in like three months, I don't know, you can just like rescind the order. But I figured if you're going to be like, yes, I would still like to have a dad in a week if he dies, I'll bring him back. Yeah, that's cool. So... Okay, if he said I can make the call, then I'm making the call. Yeah, don't let him die. That that'd be ideal, I think. Um, Excellent. I mean, it's strange that we're talking about the ability to choose between life and death in magic terms these days. You're super powerful. It's super weird. Honestly, in Quintown, we're just kind of like cool. Like that's that. I guess uh, it's this is all very very strange and, and metaphysical in an odd way. Um, but what's this uh, you, this uh, little mission you're talking about? This this where we might all get killed mission thing. Oh yeah, it's the same mission we're all on to save the world. You you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do, but not in a we're going on this right now kind of way. Are you guys sneaking off in the middle of a party to go on a deadly mission? Okay, okay, okay. And he just like shoves his way <laughs> into the room and closes the door, and he's like, "There is a secret mission that you can't tell anybody about." Well, fucking okay. Can I come on it? Ask your dad. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, Uncle Butthole. You're the king, so I think this is kind of a your call. And also, like, he's passing the buck to me about whether you use your your fart powers to, like, bring him back to life. So it's it kind of sounds like this is a conversation. Okay, that was me, like not, a next of kin situation. Here's, here's the big question. How old are you? Like, how old do I need to be to go on the mission? I'm, I'm not old. telling you that. You have no, to tell me how age. Actually... My age is however old I need to be to go on the mission, obviously. I will go talk to somebody else Look. and get your actual age. Look, and... I helped you kill the fries. I'm that old. How I, about that? Listen, that is all true, but I need to find out from somebody else. I, I gotta have a stupid spell for this somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, I gotta. Here's the deal. I gotta go talk to your mom to find out how old you are. And then we could figure out whether or not you're legally able to make this decision yourself. And she like does a very teenage like huffs the hair out of her her face and like uh, 
like crosses her arms angrily. She's like, "Do you want to go with me to talk to her?" No, I'm I'm 16. Okay, I'm 16. I'm 16. Yeah, see, two more years, and then you can make that decision on your own. So all I'm saying is, you got to keep the secret. And if your dad and your mom both say that you can go, then you can go. Because I snuck off to become a mercenary when I was 16 and killed a bunch of people and didn't die. And I think you are capable. Well, uh, it's, just a, it's just a shame, Uncle Butthole, because I was really looking forward to learning my trade as a cleric on this secret mission. You know, it seems okay, like a really wait good a time what? to get some, some real, you know, hands-on battlefield training of, of how to really, you know, spread the word of... Uh, whatever. Oh, I mean, you, you said it's kind of become like the avatar of, of the like the god of thieves. So I was kind of looking at, at that maybe. But you know, I guess if I'm just here, I could always just remain a no good rap scallion like my father and just turn my back on religion entirely. Okay. So wait, wait. You're becoming a cleric. Well, I mean, if I was going on a mission as deadly as this one, it would seem like we would probably need all the clerical support we we could get. But that's that's true. That's true. Okay. Um, what's your god? Um, he's, uh, his name is, uh, Grufus. Lesser okay. God of Thieves. The God of Thieves. You know, you know, when, when, um, you leave a store and you accidentally have something inside something else, you didn't realize that you're stealing it. That's Grufus. That's what Grufus looks over. He's not like oh, the big God of Thieves. He's just like the God of like small thieving of accidental thieving, like low level IP. Like you didn't realize that, you know, the, the, the tale the bard was singing was similar to one that that bard had heard in another town. Rufus. Definitely a real god. You can look so, him up. He's in one of the books somewhere. I mean, I've killed a god of finger puppets, so like I hear you. Uh weird gods definitely exist. Uh why what, what what was your what was your awakening? What was happening? Well, it's it's Uncle Butthole, I gotta tell you, it's the damnedest thing. I heard that uh everyone I know and love, uh, aside from my mom and this girl I'm trying to talk to, is gonna go on this mission. That might get them all killed. And nothing helps you find religion faster than everyone I know might die unless they have help from a higher power. Uh, and, you know, I've got some higher power. She pulls a dagger out of the wall. She's like, But it would seem to me that if if religion's what it's going to take for, for me to get to help on this, then that's 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 my awakening. i gotta got to bring Grufus on, on this mission so that you can all... Steal minor things if you need them. Okay, I, I feel Praise like this has to Grufus, be. Grufus, <laughs> may your fingers be sticky. I feel like this probably has to be at this point deception versus yes. uh, like yes, like insight. <laughs> so let's find out. I'm gonna roll disadvantage because she's legitimately not very good at this. But I rolled well, so it may not matter. I rolled a 25 on insight. Uh, I got a 19, so you win. Yeah, well, you made up your god, and that's not how awakenings work. Talk to your mom and dad, and they agree oh, to do it. I, Keep the hang secret on a second, grounded. Uncle Butthole, uh, <laughs> you and I have had some chats, and when you first discovered Moonhammer, didn't my dad think you'd made Moonhammer up, and didn't you kind of only get confirmation that Moonhammer was real, like, much later? Okay, here's the thing. Moonhammer gave me powers. Show me your cleric powers right now. Do a cleric power, and I'll believe you. Uh, all right, Ryan, I'm going to need a perception check from you as she rolls a sleight of hand check. I was going to say, Tom, yep. among my many new skills that I have mm -hmm. is this amazing spell called Detect Magic that he would like to use <laughs> during this feat of ability. <laughs> um, 
Sure. So you're you're using it in order to determine if Ginny is using is channeling that the power of Griffiths. Correct. Yeah. Uh, no, she tries to she tries she tries to nick something from you uh, to do a flourish. She also does it badly. So she like I don't know goes for one of the small hammers um, and like fumbles it awkwardly uh, and does a whole like Jackie Chan trying to save an urn bit where she's like bouncing it from <laughs> hand to hand and eventually it like smashes. Uh, uh, a, a decanter of water next to her bed, um, soaking several of the pictures that Bucky has drawn for her that are just kind of stacked there. Um, and uh, she just kind of, having rolled a, an abysmal nine uh, plus stuff, just like phrase, does jazz hands, just like looking at you <laughs> with like, I, hmm. Okay, well, first of all, uh, keep that hammer because that was embarrassing, and I want you to practice that. Uh, second of all, you're gonna need to work with your dad on your lying. Uh, that was not magic. That wasn't anything. Uh, maybe try really praying, and uh, Rufus or perhaps one of the other gods might actually grant you the miracle that you want. Otherwise, go talk to your mom and dad, and then you can go to war. On the bright side, I'll guarantee your dad comes back if I do. Yeah, that that that'd be great. I think he and I probably need to talk about that later because, like, I don't. I want to respect his wishes and everything, but also this doesn't, I think he's just trying to get around getting farted on. Honestly, I think that's probably really at the core of this. For I him. mean, 50, 50, he's also died several times and is surprisingly miserable before you existed. He was pretty depressed, felt like a failure as a King. And it was all kind of dark. I'm not really, he doesn't as a cleric. I couldn't help him as a God. He prayed to me to try to sort everything out. Now you see, I'm pretty great at the God stuff. I'm crap at the, the like talking, talking to Quinny cause he doesn't like clerics, but I mean, you go talk to him and we'll see if you get your own miracle. Okay. Yeah. I gotta go though. Cause there's okay. lots to prepare for this mission. Don't tell wow, me. Adventuring parties really will do anything instead of go to therapy. Huh? All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks uncle butthole. And honestly, thank you for the tip about lying. Everyone is really trusting in cornucopia. It was very easy to lie. You would just say the thing you weren't going to do and they would believe you. So I guess I, I, I keep forgetting that I'm kind of playing in the big leagues now. So um, thanks. And thanks. I mean, you're not bad. It was hammer. a pretty good sell. But like, yeah, you just got to step that up a little bit for like world leaders. Yeah. Really do need to practice my world leaders. Okay. See you later, Uncle Butthole. I'll see you. See you at the party. So he he leaves and walks back to Quinny's room. And it's just knock, knock, knock. Quinny's not Quinny. back yet. <laughs> Quinny, like, uh, Quinny, like, is behind you. It's like, what are you trying to get into my room again? Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to tell you something. So, uh, I mean, are you going to your room? I was going back there, yeah. If yeah, you sure, were I mean, looking I mean, for me, then I'd no, I'm not going back to my room. I have to be somewhere. No, no, no. Go ahead. Far I'll, away from I'll you. tell you a thing and I'll leave so fast you won't even believe it. But just, just you can go ahead. <sighs> I go inside. And Butthole just leans in the door and he's like, I accidentally told Ginny about the mission. And then he closes the door and just books it. What? And I'm fumbling in for the, like, I'm so angry I can't even open my bedroom goddamn door. Uh, Finally wrench the thing open. Juniper is out in the hallway, just fully Dr. Martha at this point with her notebook, just like coming down the hallway, just like had checked on Jitty, like, you okay? <laughs> you okay? And then <laughs> sees Quinny, it's like, Anything you want to talk about? I, 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 I'm so angry. I'm so angry. <laughs> and that's when the uh, alarm klaxon uh, from the front entrance begins to wail.
This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on this side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll be- <laughs> ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no, I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh, (laughs) okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? (laughs) Now, a Boy Scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise, or will they succumb to the hunger of Howling House? What is that thing? Is this, this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones! I'm so hungry! Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the, all the outs and free, all the outs and free. <laughs>